So we have a little bit of a Chakira for the Olam today, right? I hope you don't mind. We'll do a bit of a Chakira. We'll start with the Chakira. Bissel of Lomdas to get the mind moving a little bit. I want to ask you a following question when it comes to, like, Seder, when it comes to, like, trapping animals. Let's understand it, you know. It's always good just not just to go through the practical, but to, like, really understand the Malacha. So yesterday we tried to pinpoint why this Malacha is different than others. I want to um, try to understand a little bit on a deeper level What's the Malach of Tzedan? The Maizid is a Chakira. The Chakira goes like this. Is it Pshat that you're removing the freedom of the animal? Is that the Pshat? Or is the Pshat that I brought the animal to my Rishus, to my jurisdiction? I'm in charge of the animal. You hear the two sides, right? You hear the two sides. My Nafkamina. I mean, when is this ever enough gemina? When is this ever lemaisa? When is this ever practical? So I'll tell you one more. Imagine if you have in your house, your back garden, you have a, a huge, like, pool of, like, water with fish swimming all over the place. Like, quite a big, quite a deep thing. Nothing crazy, but, like, a nice thing. You've got the fish hanging around, whatever. You take a stone, okay? Imagine, you take a stone, and you throw the stone, and it basically goes into the water hits the fish, pins the fish down to the floor. So the fish basically can't move. If the Tzad of Tzad, get it? If the Tzad of Tzad is that it's trapping the fish, meaning you're taking away the freedom of the fish, then you did Malach al But if the Malach isn't necessarily taking away only the freedom of the fish, but it's putting it in my jurisdiction... I didn't do that over here. Because at the end of the day, I can't find it, I can't get it. So therefore, that would push the speed enough, Kamina. So in other words, if the Yisoyed is removing the freedom of the animal, I did, I, I, there's no way he can move, because I hit the rock, and the rock pinned the animal down. But if you say it brings it into my resource, my jurisdiction, it's mine, it's under me, I didn't do that. So, based on what we said yesterday, uh, the Mishnah in Shabbos Kuvavam at base that tells us clearly that the whole Yisoyed and we explain Rashi also is that I can now get it achas. I can now chap it in one chap. Whenever you can chap the animal in one chap, you're over on Seder. Why? Because you put it in the situation that it is in your Rishos. And therefore that is the Yisoyed. The Yisoyed isn't just taking away the animal's freedom but it's more than that, it's deeper than that and that is taking it and putting it into my wishes. Okay, so that is, that's just something over there, just I wanted to speak that out. But another important idea is what about dangerous animals, right? You have dangerous uh, bees and wasps, people are allergic to wasps, people are allergic to bees, you have mosquitoes, um, you obviously have, you have snakes, you have scorpions, you've got dangerous snakes. In South Africa, you've probably got uh, a lot of other dangerous animals hanging around, so, what exactly can you do in that situation? So, the Shulchan Aruch tells us, and again, it's Orchaim Semishin Tazayin, that you are allowed to trap any animal to stop it from biting you. If it's right close to you, it's going to bite you. What's the reason? So, says the Noisekein, the Magen Avram, obviously afterwards the Mishtabura, that it's a Malacha She'ein Yitzrich Elagufa, meaning, I'm not trapping it for the sake of trapping it, Normally, it's also going to be an enoi minoi nitsoid. It's generally an animal that people do not trap. And therefore, it's an enoi minoi nitsoid, one durabonon. It's a malachar she'en, it's rikha is another durabonon. And it's b'mokim tsar, 
Chazal won't go to and some famous Mishabur and Shemeshin design over here that tells us this Yisoyt, which will apply to many other situations. Many other situations that two Durabonons, but Mokum Tsar, sometimes we can be make or not in every case. We have to know some yes, some no, but that's the general rule. So, for example, if you have someone that's allergic to a bee, so we'll discuss bees a little bit, and maybe we'll talk about wasps, right? Wasps. Wasps are, Donnie, do you, do you call them wasps in America? I think they do, no? No, maybe they have a different name for it. Mr. Ellenberg, what do you say? Hello? What do they call them? You know, you know what I'm talking about, the wasps? Yeah, we call them wasps. You do call them wasps. They bite, right? Yeah. Why do I seem to remember somebody, somebody, somebody thinks that? I'm not sure. Okay, you know what I'm talking about, the yellow and white. Not the bees that produce the honey. We'll get to those. It could be the same thing as well. But uh, we'll talk about that. By but I'm talking about that, a wasp. It's bothering me. It's in the sucker. It could hurt someone. I've got a new, new, newborn baby there. You know, you've got children there. You've got elderly people. You know, all sorts of things. So if that's the case... Or, for example, you want to take it a step further, you've got rats or raccoons or, you know, a, a, a wild dog that's foaming at the mouth that has rabies. You know, all sorts of interesting things over there. The halacha is you are allowed to trap such an animal because as long as you don't use a trap that's meyuchan for it, then it's okay. Because, again, like I said, it's a halacha shen sukkah gufa with an enemy in inside, and therefore it's okay. Now... I give Nissan Kamelet Zatzal writes that if somebody, and this was Nagea, by the way, um, down in Chiram, I don't know if you know where Hiram is. It's close to Ganegula. There's like a little mini street over there. We actually had a Havamino putting the yeshiva there. But um, there's a little road there off Ganegula, a very small road that leads to Shamgar. So we actually, felt, not we, I mean, somebody came to me Shabbos afternoon. And years back when I was sitting and learning there, Shabbos afternoon, he says to me, we actually found a snake. We found a snake in that place and was just living around. Now, obviously, we don't know the difference, you know, maybe I do, maybe you guys do, but most people don't know the difference between a dangerous snake and a non-dangerous snake, right? I was teaching in, uh, a number of years ago in, um, in Shurafat, in Ramat Shlomo. And it was a bunch of porter cabins. It was a bunch of mamish porter cabins. That was the whole yeshiva there. And, and, and I remember they, they found a snake underneath it. Right? Again, do we know if it's dangerous or not? No. But such a thing you're allowed to trap. You know, obviously making sure you're not putting yourself in any danger. But because it could bite someone, it could bite a child. Who knows what's going to be? But Nissan Karelis writes that if it does, it's actually a mitzvah to take the snake and bring it to the hospital. Because the hostel will generally see the snake and know if it's yes dangerous or not dangerous, and it's it's concluded in pikuach nefesh, and therefore it's okay. Now, what about a mosquito? Right, this is a, this is the the lifelong shaila. Are you allowed? The mosquitoes bother people. You wake up in the morning and kenaina horror. You've been bitten all over the place. You've got very sweet blood. They're looking for you. You mamish kenaina horror covered mosquito bites. So first of all, by the way, just an halacha that you should know. Especially for, uh, I don't know if Donnie's going upstate, but this is very negate upstate. This is like mummish. Wow. I mean, anytime you sit upstate, you have to like constantly move around to make sure these bugs don't go on you. Halakha mice on Shabbos, you are allowed to spray yourself with in- insect repellent. There is no problem. Generally, it's a little spray. It's very, very liquidy. And therefore, to spray yourself with in- insect repellent is absolutely no problem whatsoever. But to trap a mosquito. So, a lot of the boys can say that a mosquito isn't a real tsar. You know, okay, so you get bitten by a mosquito. You'll get over it. Nothing will happen to you. It's okay. You're not talking about something that's going to, you know, a sting of a bee or of a wasp can be extremely painful. And, and it really can be. Whereas a mosquito, is, is it's annoying. You know, it's not, it's not painful. It's annoying. It's itchy. It's annoying. They fly all over the place. You know, there's some people that are petrified of it, can't go to sleep at night without going to, you know, making sure it's not there. So generally the halacha is, especially if it's just 
hanging around the room, you definitely can do nothing whatsoever. You definitely can do nothing whatsoever. But are those that say, if it's, my, if it's on your skin, then you could trap it, take it outside and put it outside. But most hold that even if it's on your skin, it's, it's mamish nothing whatsoever. It's such a small tsar that we can't say that Lamaisa, a person, uh, could, could go along and trap it, unless he's a child or an elderly person or someone that's allergic, for example, to mosquitoes and things like that. You know, generally the best way to do is just to wave it away or spray the insect stuff all over. That's also fine. That's not a problem whatsoever. And therefore that would be okay. But moving on to that question, you know, there, there's two types of tsar. There's a tsar that's a physical pain, right? When you get a beat, when you get a sting from a wasp, it's actually, it can be quite painful, right? It can be quite painful. I remember, you know, my, all my kids, I remember at one point, you know, that's how it is. When you're a kid, you get stung by a bee. It's very, very painful, especially for a child, right? So that's one type of tsar that we would allow. What about emotional tsar? What about menucha sanefesh? Right, what we call in the Gemara yituve daita, which is really referring to a yoleda, someone having a baby, right? Are you allowed to mechalal Shabbos with things that are not directly related to her physical being, but her emotional being? For example, she needs the music on. She's giving birth, she needs the music on, right? So, um, okay, that's a whole different shayla, you know, whatever. We'll talk about that, Be'ez HaShem and the giving birth book on Shabbos, Be'ez HaShem book, which is Baruch HaShem, almost about to be printed for the very first time and shipped world, world, worldwide. But the question over here is, you know, let's say you have someone who, who, if he would get a mosquito bite, nothing would happen to him. He's petrified from a mosquito. And there are people who cannot go to sleep if there's a mosquito in the room. They can't sit down at your Shabbos table if there's a mosquito in the room. Now, there's no physical tsar going to happen to you. It's an emotional thing. It's menucha sanefesh. Are you allowed to machal Shabbos for that? In other words, if it was a physical tsar, for sure we would, right? A physical tsar, a wasp, a bee, it's coming to bite you, it's coming, coming at you, it's angry at you, whatever. It's like so interesting how people are like, um, I, I don't know, maybe it's, uh, I don't know, it's an Israeli thing, it's an English thing, picnics, right? I don't know if you guys ever went on picnics. You guys ever went on picnics? Was it one of these things that you did? Yeah? The English are looking like, yeah, such an English, such an English thing to do. Let me see a second. Aaron Saxley, did you ever go on a picnic? You did? Ah, one second. Let, let's get to America here a second. Donnie, picnics? Yes? Wow, oh, one second. That's not a right. Your father's from England. Uh, come on. No, no, okay. Yitzi, you're Israeli. That's not even a Shiloh. Um, Aaron's English. All right, we're missing a lot of our American chevra over here to get some uh, details. But, like, it's so interesting. I don't know what's so exciting about a picnic. You know, all it, it's annoying, the bees that come the whole time, you have to, you know, the wind is going all over the place, you're drinking warm Coca-Cola, it's like, I, I don't really get the whole idea of the picnic, but it's like, and I think it's an English thing, I don't know what can I do, maybe it's, maybe I think it's an English thing. People are very into these things, and then you get bitten, and you're like, oh, sorry, oh, Daniel oh, Goldberg will tell us, but he's from Borough Park, so I'm not sure, they probably didn't know what a picnic is. Uh, Danny, you know what a picnic is? Where is he? Danny, you know what a picnic is? Yeah? You go, you, you people in Borough Park go on these things? Not that often. I mean, we were very busy people. <laughs> very busy people. I hear. Okay, different discussion. Anyway, Shlomo Zalman says that, uh, Yitzi, Yitzi Azara. Go for it. If, if, if you're in a place where there's malaria, can you kill a mosquito on Shabbos? Ah, you mean it's gonna, it's, it could be poisonous? Could be. A, um... I, I don't think you have to come on to killing it. Um, because you could just simply trap it and, oh, you mean when you're outside or inside? Inside, 
If you're outside, there's no point killing it. The next one's going to come in five minutes. Like, what's the point in that? If you're inside, so just trap it. Trap it and throw it out. So, Malacha She'in Tzrich HaLagufa. And it's you can do that. If for some reason there is no way of trapping it, the only way is to kill it, and there's a real chashash, that could be a heta, yeah. Because it's always the real chashash. Malaria. Well, people die from malaria. I'm saying, when I go to Africa, I'm going to have that problem. Emet Hashem. Okay, well, we'll okay. I hear, we'll put that on. We should make a pocket aloha series on traveling to Africa by tank. We can advertise it right now and turn it time if you want. Right? We'll, we'll give out the link for the website. Anyway, uh, Rav Shlomo Zalman wants to say, Gavalda Gazak, Rav Shlomo Zalman says, we are only making for Tsar HaKuf. In other words, this that the Mishnah Brewer says, that we can be makal, but Mokham Tsar means Tsar HaKuf, if it bothers your body, not your nefesh. That's no heta. Rav Nisim Karel at Zatzal I uh, wanted to say there's no difference between nefesh and, 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 and guf. In other words, yes, there are some people that it bothers them tremendously when they get bitten and it hurts them and it's painful. But there are certain people that their the whole, the whole, they, they just can't cope. They just can't cope. Not, nothing's going to happen to them, but they can't cope. So that person says, listen, Kavalitz, you could definitely be makal in such a case. Now, interesting question. Stam. We were talking about things being in Eino Emino Nitzad, right? Yesterday we tried to explain that on a more of a, a halachic level with many examples. But like, what about bees that produce honey? Are bees that produce honey a Mino Nitzad? Or an Eino Emino Nitzad? Nafkamina, if you've got a bee that produces honey hanging around and you want to kill it, you want to trap it, whatever, because it's dangerous, a kid, is one of the Tzirufim going to be an Eino Emino Nitzad? Right? Because on one hand you do actually want to keep the bee because you need it for the honey. Some people do keep it in an enclosed area. I don't know if you ever went over here. You probably didn't because you guys are a little bit too old. But I took my kids a number of years ago to a place here in Eretz Yisrael. I can't remember what it's called. Um, and they show you the process of making honey. And it's, it's actually very interesting. The kids enjoyed it, whatever. It reminds me of when I took a trip once with my kids to Beit Shemesh. And they were, you know, they advertise these things in Israel of like, you know, uh, Yitzhi's gonna, you know, exactly what I'm talking about, right? On the flyer, it looks like this incredible amusement park. And you get that there's like, oh, one little slide and a little donkey hanging around. I've done this. I've, I have done this. We'll call all the kids in the car, Kinai Nahora, right? Are we there yet after minute number one? 45 minutes later, we get there and we're all excited to our entire day out and we're like, Okay, we'll be finished in about five minutes. But um, they do these things. So anyway, it was very... Uh, so I remember we went. We once went to Beit Shemesh with the family. They had like this thing there where you like milk. You milk goats and uh, track, tractorim, tractorim. We had all these things there. And there was one thing where they do is they show all the... Um, they show like how they milk goats and, and how they... How the, the, what's it called? The, uh, they shear the animals and make it into strings. It was incredible. Because in the middle of this thing, there were a whole bunch of Avrechim standing around this person. We forgot the kids were like, no shaykhs. And Avrechim were clearing shaylas in Londres, in Sechta Shabbos, about how you milk the cow and how you do it. Is it Tviya Al-Gabe Behema, not Al-Gabe Behema? This poor person was trying to give a kid's entertainment thing. And the whole Avrechim were clearing the shayla. Ah, Godel Shimusha Yosem Elimudai. Anyway... Where were we? So when it comes to the bees, so uh, it comes to the bee situation, and the question is again, is it a mean or not? So it comes along the base Yosef, the Heilige base Yosef, and the Ra'a and the Ravosh, they say, of course, a bee is a mean and People trap them, people enclose them, people keep them, they need them for the honey. So therefore, yeah, it's a mean That will make things a lot more machme, 
because it's automatically a Doraisa level of, of, of animal, as opposed to a mosquito, which is a Durabonon level. Right, you guys are with me with the Shaila, right? Poshet. Comes along, Rabbi said, the Heiligebach, the father-in-law of the Tas. It's also Marshawn Beitzer. Right, look this up one, Rabbi said. It's a Gavaldig and Marshawn Beitzer. Lamad Vovomad Beis. We're going to vom over here in Shintazayan, the Maimamotchan, the Chai Odom, the Avle Nezer, and of course the Heiligehovitz Chaim in the Mishabura that says, no, it's an Eino Mino Nitzay. No one traps a, a, a bee. You know why? You don't want to trap the bee. You want the bee to be free, to be able to go from pollen to pollen, from flower to flower, and pick up that which we need for the honey. Mimela comes along, most gedolei poiskim, and Yavnei Neza says this very clearly, it's an enomino in insight, because nobody wants to trap it. And therefore, according to that, um, it's an enomino in insight, which means it's on the same adrega as everything else. Okay, let's move on now to a couple of the shadows that we mentioned yesterday that I want to get to, and that is unintentional trapping, right? So there you are, being a very good son, and you're taking out the rubbish for mum, right? She said, do me, my, my dear, darling, uh, Shloimela. This way, you answer, okay? My dear, darling, Shloimela, will you do me a favor? Please take out the rubbish. Put it in the bin, right? So, of course, kibbut of aim, we learned kibbut of aim, right? So it's one of the things, right? Daraisa, hold on a minute, my gartel, the shame, yeah, avada, I'm being, yaitza, hareni, mukhan, muzumat, kind of mitzvah, kibbut of aim. And you take it out, kabaldik. And you open up the bin. You open up the bin, the thing that that has the rubbish inside it. Or like we explained, the Americans have to add on a few words to explain what that is. It's a waste paper basket. Yes, okay. We figured it out what it is. Oh, a bin. Okay. So then you open it and all the flies go all over the place in the summer. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. Maybe not in Manchester, but like in other places. So all the flies go everywhere else, and you put it in, you want to close the lid. Hold on a minute, you're trapping flies. Okay, it's an enomino nitside, because a fly nobody really traps for the sake of trapping, but you're still trapping. It's a psychratia. It's for sure happening. So the tour already brings from the balatrumas, from Rabbi say, this goes back to the Rishonim, this Shaila. Back to the Rishonim. That you have to be very careful whenever you close any box. They're talking about even a drawer, anything that could have a fly in it. And you've got to be very, very careful uh, because it could be trapping. And the Bach Paskins that way, the Mokana Von Paskins that way. So comes along the tour and says, Ain't Sorokladactic Bazet. No, you don't have to be careful. Says the Taz, you know why? It's a Suffolk Psychratia. Now, Rabbi said, we'd have to spend 20 minutes on understanding the londas of what means a psikresha. Rabbi said, let's just spend two minutes, okay? What was a psikresha? You guys have heard this from me countless times. A psikresha in the Gemara, as the def- definition is, when you take a chicken and you need to play football and you don't have a, an available ball or you need to play ping pong, table tennis. And, um... And that's actually a steerer to, that's actually a steerer, by the way, to the rule that we said before, right? <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll leave that one to the side. But um, you want to play, so you take a chicken and you cut off the head and you use it as your ball. And someone says, "Excuse me, you can't do that on Shabbos. You're killing the animal." I say, "Well, I, I never had any kavana for that." Shaita. When you turn, you cut off a head of a chicken. You're going to be killing it. It's a psikvasha. It's very going to happen. So when any, anything that's a psikvasha, and we find this all over the Gemara, it means it's one hundred percent going to happen. If it's 99.9, is that a psychratia? No. It's not a psychratia. Because by definition, a psychratia means it is 100% going to happen. 
Agav, if you want to go deeper, the Londres of the Psikmesha, Chedusha Reb Shmuel, Rishon Vazovsky brings down in Semen Zayin in Ksubas, the whole sugya of what means a Psikmesha, the Londres of Psikmesha really is, because when something is really going to happen, that's my kavana. Malachas Machsheves Osru And therefore, the moment it's no longer Psikmesha, leave me alone, I know kavana. That's not what I wanted to do. And therefore, that's why the Torah explains the Tazal afterwards, is it is Sophic Psikresha. Sophic Psikresha is Mutter. Meaning, it's not for sure that there are bees there, there are flies in there. It's not, a, it's a Sophic. If you, know, if you see one, obviously, but if you don't see one, it's a Sophic. Now, by the way, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but probably most of you are very, very much bothered with a Ramah in Yeridea Simon Pezayin Sivov. Mr. what uh, the, the astonished looks on most of your faces is like, but what do we do with the Ramah? The Ramah in Yeridea, Simon Pezayin Sivov, says that, and I'll tell you basically what he says in different words, is that, you know, I got a Shiloh from, I told you once, from Massachusetts, for this guy going to university, and he told me that he goes to the cafeteria sometimes, and this Goisha friend will say, do me a favor, take my sandwich and bang it in the microwave for me. Now, he doesn't know if there's butter and salami there, and when putting it in the microwave and heating it up and melting, he's going to be doing an Isidaraisa. Well, microwave, yeah, microwave, no, whatever. It's a suffix. So the Ramah in Pezayin Sibov says that if a Goyesha pot is on the fire, you don't know what's inside there, and you flick on the fire, it's a suffix. You don't know. Right? What's the difference between one and the other? So, Rebkida Ega, there's a Chdushi Reb Shmuel, there's such Gavaldi Golomdus on this, but just partially I haven't got time. But I'll tell you Lemaisa, I'll tell you Lemaisa. Halacha Lemaisa is that when you close the bin, okay, when you close the bin, you should try to make sure there are no flies there. How do you do that? Either give a look inside, or give it a bang on the side. And if you only give it a bang, it's going to, you know, all the flies are going to come up. And this way, you've done what you can do. You've done your hishtadlus. Now you can close it. If there are any more, then it's a Soviet psikmesha. Right? And again, we have to understand, at the end of the day, we're dealing with A, an enoi mino nitzot. Right? A fly is not something that people trap. Also, the other reason is, even in the bin, you can't chapa, you can't put your hand in the bin and just get it in one swoop. You have to look, you have to get it, it's a whole bin, it's a whole bin. So anyway, it's not really 100% say that, and it's ain't a maschaven, so there's generally a market to make of. But again, it's very important to try and make sure, says the Psak of the Mishnah that you they make sure there are no flies in there. There's no head to stump just to close the lid of the bin without making sure. Let's move on. Um, domestic, okay, let's talk about pets, right? Recently I had quite a few shilas about this, about people who have pets. Very first question, we mentioned this yesterday, is mokta. Every animal is mokta, whether it belongs to you, doesn't belong to you, doesn't make a difference. Every animal in the world is mokta, right? 100% mokta, nothing you can do about it, you can't, you could touch it, you could touch the, the hair on it, but you can't move the animal itself. So everything we're saying now is excluding the actual problem of moving it, because obviously it's mukta. But there is a category, and as I mentioned last, I think I think we said this yesterday, there was a boy in yeshiva last year, Gvaldega um, Gvaldega Bocha, and he used to go every so often to one of his cousins or whatever it was who had a farm. And he said that Shabbos afternoon we did this. Like before it got shkia, before it was nighttime, we used to take all the animals and close the barn, you know, because that's, I don't know, that's what they had to do. So is that mutter? So the halacha genuine is like this. This comes from Be'erech, Chayodon, whatever. That what, I mean, it's a Gemara, of course, but like, you know, halacha lemaisa, that the Chayodon says that anything that's domesticated isn't really shayach to tzedah. 
Domesticated means that its home is by me, and it's not going to run away. It doesn't want to run away. And even if it goes for a little bit of a walk, it's going to come back that night because it knows it has to get fed and knows where it gets its food from. So basically, it's always in my jurisdiction. So I don't have to physically trap it because it's always in my jurisdiction anyway. And therefore, any, for example, homegrown dogs, chickens, even cats, for example, right, obviously like gerbils and budgies and little rabbits and all these sorts of things are all included in pets that of course are muktzah, but you are allowed to trap them. Which means that if they're in the garden running all over the place, you can put them in their cage and without touching it and uh, and close it. That's not a problem because at the end of the day, it's never really subject to sod. The only exception to this is if the an- animal is rebelling. If the animal's rebelling and the animal's basically saying, get out of here, I don't know who you are, I want to let loose, now you're not allowed. So in other words, what's going to happen is, imagine this, right? Um, you're taking your dog for a walk on the lead. That, that's fine. Uh, it's a shalavoid saw, we're not going into that. There's an air of there, whatever. So you're taking the animal on the lead, that's not a problem, right? You, you're, you're basically holding on to the animal, it's tied around the neck, yeah? All of a sudden, the animal, the, the dog, wants to break loose and goes crazy. At that point, you're going to have to let go. Because if you keep holding on to it, you're, you're trapping an animal that doesn't want to be tra- that doesn't want to be domesticated, that doesn't want to be in your jurisdiction, and that's a problem, and that's a problem. So that's why a person has to be careful over there. And then there are certain animals that are naturally domesticated, naturally domesticated. In other words, these are just like born from day number one. That even if they never, even if they have a brand, you know, like for example, a cow. Let's say you buy a cow today. So is it going to take two weeks for the cow to get used to you and want to run away? No. After minute number one, the cow is absolutely fine. Right? The same is with sheep. Even some horses are that way as well. Right? Which means according to that, and there are more brings this, Shinta Zayn, your base, that any animal like that, that, that basically is naturally domesticated, you are allowed to trap it, you're allowed to close the fence, you're allowed to close the cage, because there's no problem. Again, with the exception of if it starts rebelling, which is problematic. Now, let me end your voice saying, with one last idea that we actually mentioned yesterday, but I want to just uh, bring this aloha la and that is, is that seder by human beings? Okay? We're talking about animals. Some people act like animals, but we'll talk about simple, regular human beings. Is that seder by this? So there's a koivet salarambam in Perg Yod and Shabbos that he says an interesting thing. He says, imagine if a person is drowning at sea, and you put out a net to save that person, and the net saves him. You're over on Seder, because you trapped that person. As I state in Koivitz, comes along the Chemdas Yisrael, and Chemdas Yisrael is choyluk, and he says, what do you mean? First of all, it's not a mino nitzid. Nobody traps human beings for the sake of trapping. And also, it's a v'loch ha'she'in yisrich ha'lekufa, because nobody wants the, the person trapped in any way, shape, or form. And therefore, there's no reason why that that should be a problem. And the Avnei Nezah, in some of the Kuf says, there's no Seder by human beings. Absolutely nothing whatsoever. There is no problem. Why? Because a human being is naturally free, and therefore you cannot mashabat him in that way. That's why when he quotes the Kaivet Salarambam, says, yeah, look at the Loshan, it's K-Tsuras Tzod. It looks like Tzedah. Okay, it looks like Tzedah, that it could be. The Tzitz brings a very interesting Shaila. And this we have to end. Uh, the Tzitzeliezer says an interesting Shaila in Chelit Tezvo, Simon Memalaf. He says, somebody asked him, asked him this Shaila, that according to some, even the Shemur Shabbos Pashtas, that holds that there is Tzedah by Odom, 
So, again, not because of chinuch, we're not getting into right now. Chinuch, go to chinuch classes. But are you allowed to lock your child in the bedroom? Or, taking a baby in the playpen, right? For little babies, they have, um, they have these playpens. They have these little, little small little areas where, they, I guess, you know, don't want them to go into trouble. So you sort of just, like, you know, put them into this little cage area with all their toys and these sorts of things. Is that going to be a problem or not? So he says... Um, that Seder Ba'odom is not mentioned in the Gemara, or the Rambam, or Shulchan Aruch, or anywhere whatsoever. The first time you ever find it is on the Kovit Rambam, and even on the Kovit Rambam, the Chemdash Yisrael is cholik on him, and he wants to bring an interesting raya from his Shulchan Aruch, and Aruchayim 7 Shin Lamatesiv Dalet, that held its Osa to bring a person into prison, for different reasons, because of Din, why doesn't he say tzedah? Shulchan Aruch Mufurus and Shem Shem Lamatesi Dalit. That you allow, that you're also to bring someone into prison, but not because of tzedah, because of din. Oh, must be there's no tzol by human beings, and therefore grabbing all the kids together and saying, Rabbi Tzai, Kiddush! No problem of tzedah whatsoever. So, Baruch Hashem, I think we've gone through uh, a nice amount of tzedah Be'ezus Hashem. I think we're going to be doing Be'ezus Hashem, the email shilas. I'll be getting a few emails. So, uh, we're going to do a series, and uh, series two on the email Shilas. So, Rabbi I am begging of you. would love to hear Shilas from all of you. Aaron, I got yours. Um, get me, whether it's halachic, hashkafa, weird, sensitive, private, don't mention your name, I won't mention the name, even if you do mention the name, send me an email, aw, at etrog, e-t-r-o-g, dot net, n-e-t, dot i-l, aw, etrog, dot net, dot i-l, please, send in the email, we'll print them out, and Be'ezus Hashem, next week, we'll try, I think on Sunday, we'll start a very exciting new, uh, series, probably just for a few times, two of the email shiners, Be'ezus Hashem, okay, Gavaldik.